are listening to the official podcast of Resurgence Initiatives, inspiring people to arise together. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com. would like to see you. So Travis, uh, I want to say thank you so much for this privilege of starting the year with a voice from a lady who's passionate about this country. Uh, this is my fourth time I'm speaking this week. Um, God has just given me this opportunity to call forth a generation to pray. And I believe that you are called for such a time as this. Could I have the lights up a little bit more, please? I believe you're called for such a time as this, to rise up, to know who you are in Christ, to know the power and the authority you can walk in when you surrender to him. So if you don't understand me, Pray for an, an interpretation. This is the way it's going to sound like the whole night. So January 11th, 2020. 2020 in the Hebrew calendar stands for 5780, which says mouth, see, and carry. To me, I believe it's saying we are called to be a mouthpiece for Christ. We are supposed to see what God is saying in this hour. He's wanting you to see who he's called you to be. And we are called to carry his glory, to carry his power, to carry the anointing, to see a generation set free. Because this year is the year of a new decade, a new decade is 10, which speaks for authority. So I want to believe that you're going to rise up and walk in the authority God has for you. Number one, which speaks about January, is unity by the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Perfect unity. 11 stands for catastrophe. <laughs> we live in a world that needs Christ. And you are called for such a time as this. Let's pray. God, I thank you for a generation. I thank you, Lord, that you're releasing your anointing over this group, over this SEAL team. Warriors, mighty warrior for God's kingdom for such a time as this. I pray, Father, you open their eyes to see what God is saying to them individually and corporately. Father, I break off every lie of the enemy that have believed over themselves, over what you are saying and what you want to establish and accomplish. I pray, Father God, as they see themselves lining up on the battlefield. For this nation, for this province, for this city, for a generation that you will break through. That no weapon formed against it will 
prosper and every word spoken against them will be nullified to the power of the blood of Jesus. So open their eyes to see. Open their ears to hear what you are saying tonight, Father, I ask. I know my words are going to mean nothing unless you breathe upon them. So I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to breathe upon my words. God, just inflame them with the fire of the Holy Spirit that's going to make them push forward into everything you have. They will not be stopped. They will not be aborted. They will not be laid in the calling of what you have for them. I call you forth, mighty man and woman of God. I see a nation of fire. Not like Australia. A nation that's on fire for God's purposes is a nation called Canada. It's been prophesied over this nation over and over again. God's going to use you in the end time. I believe we live in the end time. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you, we honor you, and we will give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise for what you are going to do tonight, in Jesus' name. So I'm going to talk about prayer, surprise. <laughs> Everybody, when I say that, kind of smiles or rolls their eyes or something. <laughs> Anyways, according to the book of Ephesians 6, 18, it says God's desire for us to pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. But most of us are motivated to pray when we need something from God or when we um, want something, when the going gets tough. When we have a tendency to recognize God when things start to fall apart. But do we look at Jesus? How did he pray? The Lord's Prayer models praise, submission to the will of God, reliance upon his provision, forgiveness, deliverance. So Jesus is more focused on honoring God. Nehemiah. Everyone here uh, know the book of Nehemiah. He was a Jewish leader who was in exile. He was working for the Persian king as a cupbearer. He was walking in trust and favor with the king. And when he, when he came before the king, the king saw that there was a great sadness on him. And he goes, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? What does Nehemiah say? The wall of Jerusalem are broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. The king said, what is that? What is it you want from me? So Nehemiah said, if you have favor, if I have favor, would you send me to Judah? Send me to Jerusalem so I can rebuild the walls. Nehemiah wept over the state of Jerusalem. 
He had an incredible sadness of heart. He mourned, he fasted, and he prayed. Today, we have broken walls in our society. Broken walls, our morals are broken down today. The boundaries God set for us are gone. Morality today is all about self-gratification. Me, I, me, I. We live in a society that don't know the difference between right and wrong. There has been a redefinition of so many things in this nation. But our body is meant to be the temple of God. Not to become an object of idolatry. Your body is meant to be the temple of God, the house of prayer. Is God calling you to rebuild the walls in the city? The broken walls of morality that we don't know. There's so much confusion. I believe you and I are called to take the gospel as missionary. Even the gospel starts with two letters. G-O. It says go. I believe you're called to go to your neighbors, to your co-workers, to tell a generation about Jesus. Ezekiel was called to stand in the gap. Nehemiah to build the wall. He brought moral reform when he had rebuilt the wall, and he brought the Israelites back to God's word, to the Torah. He changed the society. He called them back to who God has called them to be. I'm calling you forth to rise up, to be the man, to be the woman God has called you to be. Nehemiah, it says in first chapter and uh, verse 5, Nehemiah prayed day and night. He prioritized his mission with prayer. It says in Nehemiah that he said, um, I pray to God in heaven. He said that 11 times in the 13 chapters. Today I'm asking you, what is God calling you to I believe Jesus is coming back very soon. I believe our time is short. And today, I want to call you forth. I want to awaken the warriors for Canada, for Alberta, for the capital region, for Edmonton. I feel like there's an emergency alert sounding. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. I'm calling you forth to wake up to the destiny and the calling God has upon you. I feel like God has these big paddles. A defibrillator. What does a defibrillator do in the natural? It restores normal heartbeat by sending electrical pulse or shock to the heart. It prevents the correct uneven heartbeat that goes too fast or too slow. It restores the heart beating when it has stopped. I know in the natural what it means to be paddled. I don't know how many times I've had to take my husband to get those paddles 
put on his heart to restore his heartbeat. My heart have stopped so many times that I have a pacemaker. In the natural, I know what the heart does. God wants us to get a revelation of his heart. Is your heart beating too slow? Are you trying to go further or faster than God is calling you to? Are you running too fast? Will you see those defibrillators calling you to an awakening, calling you to align yourself with God's heartbeat? His heartbeat is totally different than what we think it should be. Second Chronicles says this, 714, if my people, if, if, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. The condition was if, if my people, that is you and I, if you and I humble ourselves, what does it mean to humble yourself? To go low, servitude. Derek Prince talked about uh, it's fasting. Hunger pulls us in. We know our need for Christ. Like I've been fasting off and on, different kind of fast. And when I get really hungry, I keep on saying, God, I just want you. I want you. I want you. Every time I want something that I'm not supposed to have, like I did a Daniel fast here, just ended it yesterday. But it's like you always want something that you can't have. The enemy is always like whatever that weakness or whatever that is to you. Seek his presence. Pray. Warriors calling on God on behalf of, and you put in the blank. What is God calling you to contend for? Turn and repent, or repent and turn. When you repent, say you, have, you stood here in sin, then you're supposed to ask God to forgive you, and then you're supposed to turn this way and go whatever God is calling you to do. Are you willing to repent and turn? Repentance prayer gives a promise that God will heal our land. Do you believe, can you see that our land needs to be healed? You are called for such a time as this. In Romans 8, 26, 27, it says, We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit intercedes for us with groaning too deep for words. We need to ask God for an eternal perspective, eternal perspective. We plan our retirement. We plan this. We plan that. The amount of time you have on earth, no matter how long you have, even if God grants you 80 to 100 years, is short compared to eternity. Where are you investing Let's look at two men who changed history through prayer. I probably talked about this before, but Daniel Nash. He became a prayer warrior for Charles Finney. The Charles Finney, um, he was part of the Second Great Awakening. 
And for those of you who don't know what that is or what happened there, is one of the greatest revival in the U.S. history. There's a million, on one million new members to churches during that time. They said that those people who gave the heart to the Lord, 80% stayed saved. And that statistic maybe doesn't mean anything to you. But today, the statistics say that 20%. So if you have 100 people that give their heart to the Lord tonight, 20 of you will remain and keep going for what God has. So let me tell you about Daniel Nash. Daniel Nash is a prayer warrior. I see him as an engine. If you were to go to a, a meeting during those times, you would never see Daniel Nash. He, was, he would be hidden. He would be calling a God. Most people don't know who he was. But he, I believe, in many ways, was the engine of what God did through Charles Finney. So Daniel Nass was a former pastor. He experienced revival in his church twice. He built a new church and I know how exciting that is. Uh, when I met my husband in the States, when I first came to Canada, guess where he took me? I arrived at the Edmonton International Airport at midnight. And where do you think he took me the first time? To his new, re, like new built church. He was so excited to show me the church. Daniel Nash built a new church, but he got kicked out because the congregation wanted a man that was younger than him. So what did he do with his disappointment? He made it God's appointment. Where are you disappointed? Where have people let you down? Are you willing to give that to God and make it an appointment for what God wants to do through you. He will go and pray until he felt the spiritual atmosphere had been prepared. And once he felt it release, he will call Finley to go. He could go for two or three days. He could go for weeks. People that he came and rented a basement cell or even the chicken coo of her, like he went wherever he could find a place to pray. He would mourn. He would cry. Finn even said that I haven't seen anyone sweat blood like Jesus did, but I've seen blood coming down his nose. He would intercede until he felt now is the time. Imagine what resurgence can do if one of you dedicate yourself to pray. Pray for Travis. Pray for our nation. One person, one person, through disappointment, being kicked out as a pastor, even though he has seen revival, even though he built a new church, one person, what could God do through you? Key to unlocking revival was prayer. He died on 
his knees. Revival ended three to four months after he died, and Finney went to pastor. The other guy I want you to talk about is John Hyde, praying Hyde. Could I see who knows who I'm talking about? Travis? Yeah? Good. <laughs> Just checking. Praying Hyde, his father prayed for laborers to be sent to the harvest. Edmund, his brother and best friend, went to seminary. He was getting ready to go to, on the mission field. He went on a short mission trip, got sick, and died. John was wondering if he was supposed to take his place, but he had to settle some issues with God. Do you have issues today that you need to settle with your God? You are called. You are chosen. What issue in your life stands in the way for you to rise up and take your position in what God has called you? But once he settled his issue with God, he started living and breathing mission. Half of his seminary went to the mission field because of him. It was during those years that God laid a foundation of prayer in his life. And on the ship to India, he found a letter from a family friend. And he said, I shall not cease praying for you, John, until you are filled with the Holy Spirit. That was a good letter. That was an exciting letter. John got offended. How dare you? More or less to say, I'm not having, I, don't, I am not filled with the Holy Spirit when he thought he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you filled? Yet his conviction got stronger and stronger, and he surrendered. And to one of his friends, he wrote, I am determined, whatever will be the cost, I will be filled with the Holy Spirit. John spent entire nights praying for soul. His slogan was, give me souls or I die. Give me souls or I die. Who is God asking you to pray for? Give me, put in the name of the blank, or I die. Are you willing to lay on, your, on the floor whole nights and cry out to God on behalf of this man or woman, child, whoever it is God is calling you to? He went to Punjab prayer union for half a day for a spiritual revival. And he started to pray fast and believe for one soul a day. Next year, he increased it to two souls a day. Would you dare to believe with me for one soul a year? He believed for one soul a day. Next year, he increased it to two souls a day. Imagine how our church is going to be filled if we as warriors will do the job, pay the, pray the price, 
he has asked us to. Then it became four souls. The night would be, during the night, would be such a weight on his heart, he couldn't sleep. He spent entire nights face down before the Lord. There was an inward burning fire in his bone. Do you have fire in your bones for God's purposes? In 1889, he wrote this to one of his friends. Have felt pray, have felt to pray for others this winter as never before. I never before knew, knew what it was like to work all day, work all day, and pray all night before God for another. For another. In college or at home, I used to keep such hours for myself, for pleasure. Can't I do that much for my God? He came back to England. He burned with a burden for the nation. When he died, his heart had shifted from the left to the right. Would you tonight think our God is asking you? Millions of people accepted Jesus Christ from that seed of the gospel he planted. I believe God is calling you to become a mighty warrior for him. He's calling you to make a difference in your sphere of influence and in this generation. I believe God is calling you to step into his purposes. Don't let fear stop you. Fear is the greatest enemy to your potential. Fear will stop us to step out of our comfort zone into the purposes God has for us and for you. God is asking, can I get through you to a lost and a broken world? Will you make room for me? I believe tonight that his spirit is hovering over you to impart something that will mark you with his presence and his purpose. And he's calling you forth this hour for such a time as this. Will you say yes to him? God is looking for a people who are hungry and open and who will say, God, whatever you want me to do here, I am. Whatever you want me to do, here I am. My parents were missionaries to Africa. They sang. I'm the only one in my family that can't sing. And that, in, in my days, if you were a pastor's wife, you're supposed to be able to sing. And the first time I met my husband's father, he said, oh, can you sing? And I go, yeah, of course. Like, no. <laughs> but my parents sang, God is calling. Who will go for me? Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. 
John Wesley said, for those who don't know who John Wesley was, he was an evangelist, a revivalist. He was the founder of the Methodist Church. He wrote, Kindle a flame of love on the altar of my heart. Jesus confirmed my desire to work, to speak, to think for you. Still, let me guard the holy fire and still stir up your gift in me. Travis was praying for Iran. Do you know Iran has the fastest growing underground church in the world today? Do you know the women of Iran are rising up like mighty warriors when they share the gospel? They could be killed. They could be executed right in front of their kids. It's the price. When we look at our price, what is that compared to that? Let go of fear. Whatever is stopping you, break off the lies. Let people see the beauty of Jesus in you. Get close to people. Prioritize prayer. Take your missionary call seriously. You could change history. I believe you can change history. I believe, I even declare that resurgence will change history. I believe God has given the pen of history to a praying church. But if the church won't pray, we have John Hyde, praying Hyde. We have Daniel Nash, who saw millions of people come to Christ. Are you willing to sacrifice your life in prayer? God has given you you a very unique capacity. God works his design in you when you open yourself up to him in prayer and reading the word. What God can do through you does not depend on your personal giftedness or position. Did you hear me? Or we say, oh, Travis can speak. Karis can sing. What can I do? But it's all about your devotion to Christ. I swear, Travis could do zero without God. <laughs> for his purposes. So will we join together in prayer, believing for the greatest harvest of all times in this nation? in this province, in the capital region, in this city. Canada's call for the end time move to be used for such a time as this. You are a Canadian. I'm not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm a missionary to Canada. So, I'm asking you, are you prepared to say yes to him? I believe for God to use us, we need to do one thing first. I'm going to give you two minutes of silence to think about what I'm saying right now. 
We need to ask God to forgive us for personal sins. Sin is not talked about in the pulpit very much anymore. Sin will keep you from God. Sin will keep you from entering heaven. He's asking you to talk to him about your offenses. Who offended you? Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Ezekiel 39.12 says, I hid my face from them because of the sins. 2 Corinthians 6.3 says, Give no cause for offense in anything so the ministry will not be discarded. Do you see what your offenses does? Forgive one another in Matthew 18.22. So think of those things. Don't let, I believe there are some here, don't let your past define you. Don't let what people say about you define you. Ask God to forgive you for agreeing with the accuser. If you agree to a lie, you empower it. But you can expose a lie to truth and be free. I'm going to give you an example. Eliab was King David's oldest brother. What did, King, what did Eliab, his brother, say about David or King David? At that time, he wasn't king yet. I know your arrogance and evil heart. You came to see the battle. But listen, this is what God says about King David in Acts 13, 22. You can read it. I have found David, a man after my own heart, who will do all that I ask him to. He will be obedient to do what God has asked him to. So if you have agreed with the lie... You agreed with what happened to you beforehand, before the cross. Break the lie. And I'm going to ask you guys to just have one minute or two minutes to think right now. So, fathers, we have come to you and we ask you to forgive us for our personal sins. Arrogance, pride secret sins of sexual immorality, would you forgive us? I thank you, Lord, that you have lifted, you have talked to each one here about offenses. I thank you, Lord, that today you're breaking the lie over those people, which I believe at one time it was all of us that agree with the accuser of who we are. So God is, now we are true a SEAL team. We are ready for battle. God, teach us how to pray. And I believe one of the weapons is praise and 
thanksgiving, Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks for this is the will of Christ Jesus concerning you. Does it say to give thanks when you are happy, when you are rich, when you, everything is going right? No. In everything give praise. You confuse the devil like, yeah, you confuse him when you praise God in the middle of your difficulty. We are prone to jealousy, and we tend to focus on what we don't have. So when you give praise to God, those things are broken off of you. Second, presence. Power you receive, Acts 1, 8. But presence you have to seek. John 5, 19 says, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father's doing for whatever he does, the son also does. Jesus was one mind and one heart with the father. That is the relationship God wants to have with you. How do you think you can do God's work if you don't connect with him in his presence? When you fall in love and when you stay fallen in love, is that right English? <laughs> You just want to gaze. You just want to be in their presence. You want to know what they think. You want to know what they are doing. That is what God wants for you, to have that kind of relationship. I believe when you walk into his presence, when you set time alone for him, you will find your identity and you will know your mission. Jacob, he rested. He went in God's presence as Jacob, and he came out as Israel. What is your name? From Jacob to Israel, from Travis to Canada. Praying scripture is another one I want to just touch on. Scriptures have no expiry date, just fulfillment day. We look to our promises, not to our giants. Peter walked on the water when he was looking at Jesus. The minute he saw the storm around him, he sunk. Are you in a storm today? Who are you gazing at? John 1, 1 says, the word is God. So when we, when we pray the scripture, we pray the answer. Last thing, speaking in tongues. Travis is a Holy Ghost, Pentecostal man. Doesn't matter what denomination you are in. But I believe each one of us need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And many today do not understand speaking of tongues. I just am so passionate about this. What does speaking in tongues does do? The Spirit is working and talking through you when you speak in tongues. You're speaking God's plan. You're talking out his divine secrets. But number four, this is my heart, is a doorway to the supernatural. My question is, why don't we see the supernatural take place? Are we not praying in tongues? 
God has called me to intercede on behalf of a generation. I walk around the schools of Spruce Grove, have done for years, at least once a week, do the Jericho walk. And sometimes I just don't know what to pray. And I speak in tongues. I call forth God's call upon a generation. He's calling you. Karis. I have been going around, like I said, the schools of Spruce Grove. I have prayed around our legislature building for years, asking God to give now Jason, Kenny, and before that, many others that I had to have a lot of grace to pray for, if I'm honest. Don't align yourself with the accuser and accuse. God has called you to pray and intercede for leadership, for authority. If you're new to this in praying for Canada, go to Psalm 72. He will have dominion from sea to sea. That is how we got our name, dominion. There was a leader in the government who prayed and sought God, and he came to Psalm 72, and he said, wouldn't this be a good name for Canada? Dominion of Canada. Justin means justice. Sophie, his wise wife, means wisdom. If you can't pray anything else, pray for justice and wisdom. Pray for the revelation of God to be revealed to them of who Christ is, how much He loves them. I'm not even going to go into Alberta because Alberta just puts me on fire and you will be sitting here tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock. <laughs> but I'm asking you, as I've been walking around the school, I watched the movie not the hush one, the other one. What is it called? I can't think right now. But anyways, the statistics prove that when we pray around abortion clinics, the abortions, uh, what do you call it? There are less abortions taking place. And I don't know for the world of me why I have not thought of doing this before. Now we're marching around to of the abortion clinics in Spruce Grove every week. And I looked up at the building and it said Queen Street. It made me think of Queen Esther. Spare my people is my request, is what Queen Esther was called to. And I would say, I would say to God, spare a generation. Most people that take or have an abortion don't believe there is any other way out. Many of them are forced into having an abortion. And what I'm asking you tonight, if you ever meet somebody who had an abortion, would you love them? 
Would you walk with them? Can you imagine the agony and the pain of the secret of things that is so against God's nature? One third of your generation are not here today because of abortion. Unfortunately, I have to say unfortunately, this nation have lined itself up with abortion to sort of support abortions overseas. Your tax dollars goes to abortion. I am asking you to pray for the lawmakers. I'm asking you to stand in the gap like Queen Esther for such a time as this. Her job was to save a nation. Your job is to pray and believe God to save a generation. Bless Israel. Those who bless Israel be blessed by God. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. If we just look our own history, just a few years back, when we blessed Israel, our dollar was high. When we blessed Israel, our economy was strong. What happens when we as a church, as a body of Christ, as believer, don't call on God on behalf of our leaders? Statistically proven again, in the United States, many Christians did not pray for Obama. We failed God in lifting a leader up. Will you decide tonight not to fail God? and pray on behalf of our government leaders. Travis, I just thought of a really neat idea. I think you should make a tour to Israel. You bless Israel, you support them by doing that. Who will go? Come on, look. Media, two more, media. I believe is one of the gates to our, to our nation. We have neglected, I speak for myself, and if I speak for myself, I'm sure many of you. When is the last time you prayed for media? Will you stand in the gap on behalf of media? Revival, I so believe in. I believe we're going to see the glory of God in this nation. But would you tonight think of one person to pray for and ask God to show you what you can do to lead this person to Christ? One person I'm asking you, in 2021, would this room have doubled because you fulfill the mandate on your life to pray on behalf of put in the blank to see them come to Christ and walk in their destiny and the other thing is the supernatural I believe God wants to use you to lay your hands I think the days of the revival I believe God still have put generals in our midst but I believe it's called you to lay your hands on the sick. Wherever Jesus went, he laid his hand on the sick 
and did one of them not recover? Uh-uh. So the Holy Spirit, the God in you, new decade, authority, walk in your authority, pray the price, and believe God's going to set you in a large play to see our nation healed physically, emotionally, and even economically. So Father, tonight as I close, God, I've done my best to try and challenge. My challenge might be a whisper. It might be a poke. But if you breathe upon it, you are raising a SEAL team in our nation that's not going to be defeated for such a time as this to take our nation of Canada to walk in our destiny and our purpose to heal, 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 to see a generation come to the Lord. So Father, I'm asking you to breathe upon each man and woman in this house. I'm asking you to take the scales of their eyes like Paul. Will they see who they are called to be? Will they see what their purpose and destiny is? God, I'm asking you. Will the power of the Holy Spirit rest upon them? as they seek you in the secret place, would you meet them? Would you shock their hearts to be for what your heart beats for? Would you call them forth to be mighty? Father, I bless them. I bless them. I bless them to walk in the destiny you have for them. And I believe like in Ezekiel, in a few years from now, we'll say like in the book of Ezekiel, and the name of the city from that day on will be the Lord is here. Will you walk out God's destiny upon your life? In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the official podcast of Resurgence. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com.